0: In this episode, join us as we go back to 2006 and catch up with Amy Winehouse and her incredible album, Back to Black. Stay with us. Get ready for the 3324 podcast, where lifelong friends Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper share their love of all things music and movies. Dean has directed short films and is a music trivia buff. And Eric, trained in audio
1: engineering, brings his extensive knowledge of music and film to the conversation as they discuss, debate, and celebrate their favorite albums, films, and much more.
0: Welcome, friends, to the 3324 Podcast. Dean Legiro here, along with Eric Kuber. Hello, uh, hello. <laughs> I, I would say he's sitting by my left side or right side, but he's actually not. We're doing this in a virtual world. So he's actually in front of me. He's across I, from me virtually. I'm on
1: the, I'm on the couch tonight. I didn't, the couch. I didn't feel like moving furniture around tonight. I was just, eh, you know, my album wall's on the other side and I got, we're wrapping presents and such. So I got all kinds of paraphernalia in the way and I didn't feel like moving. Anything. That's it. Just, but you just, know, said, hell with it. I you know, just saw it.
0: Like fire it. up the camera, fire up the microphone <laughs> and we go. go. That, that's how it is. You know, I, I'm, I'm in my little hobbit hole hovel corner as it is. So it's <laughs> not like I have anywhere to go anywhere. I just kind of stick myself in the corner. So <laughs> uh, a little hole th- in the ground. Little yeah. little- <laughs> <laughs> more like the more like under the bridge in, in the Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a closer to the reality of, of this but okay uh, we, we thank you for joining us at the 3324 mm-hmm. podcast You're home for the best what we think is the best in music and film podcasting so uh take the next step you found us here so i'm not going to ask how you found us you did so you're here join us on facebook we've got a facebook group that we started a, a few weeks ago it's a very vibrant community we invite you to become a part of that community And Mm -hmm. interact with us and interact with other music and film fans as well. It's a lot of fun there. Uh, Where do you have to go? Well, you just go with 3324 podcast and you'll find us on Facebook. And and if you use that same search term, we're on Instagram as well. So you can find us at both places. Check us out there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We look forward to seeing you.
1: As always. Yeah. As always. Yeah.
0: (laughs) People are tired of looking at me. So they want to look at other faces (laughs) and other photos. It's, you (laughs) know let's be honest well (laughs) so for this episode we're we're oh man this this is a tale of like triumph and tragedy or tragedy maybe tragedy triumph and tragedy Uh, i'm not sure there's a lot of you know there's there's so much that that is going on here but um in in between the, the the triumphs is i mean in between the tragedies is is this triumph uh, of amy winehouse and her second album <clears throat> back to black so let's get the stats going like we do um this way we give you we give you some factual stuff before we get to the commentary and the chit chat you know we got to drop some knowledge that's part of the commitment that we have yeah. to yourself, right mm-hmm. it's kind sure. you know it's it's not exactly like school because there's no assignments. There's no homework. <laughs> um, if you remember it, great. And, and you know what? It'll come up in trivia one day. And then you'll be like, what was that about Amy Winehouse? What was it? What did you're they about to be? You're, you're
1: about to be schooled. Schooled. Right there you go.
0: Drop so in knowledge. <laughs> there you go. So here we go. Back to Black was released in October of 2006. Um, all the songs were written or co-written by Amy Winehouse, which is really important uh, and part of the magic of, of this album.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it was produced by Salam Remy and Mark Ronson. And they basically produced half the album each for yep. the most part. There were five singles released. I'm not going to go into those because <laughs> there's a lot of them. The important thing, the other five number that comes up, which is which is massive, this album won five Grammy Awards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amy Winehouse was the first British woman to win five Grammys in one shot. Okay. She won for record of the year. Song of the Year for Rehab, the, the single Rehab, uh, Best Pop Vocal Album, Best Female Pop Vocal, Best New Artist, <laughs> wow. and Mark Ronson took Producer of the Year for the, for the stuff that he had done. Yeah, um, that's... You, you don't see this many across the board, song, vocal, new artist, and production.
1: Mm, especially by a woman at that or at that point. Yeah, um, and and she kind of yeah. ushered
0: in, which which we'll get into it a little bit. She did usher in a a wave of female artists that actually do attribute their success or mm-hmm. influence to her. Um, to round out the stats, sixteen million copies sold worldwide, and she did pass away in uh, July of twenty eleven. So that's it's ten years. Yeah, um, since she's been gone. So we'll we'll probably get into that a little bit more. So where how did mm-hmm. you? uh encounter <clears throat> ms winehouse for the first time
1: oh probably you know it, it, i think it's uh, it's probably it, this, it when
0: the album came out or, or was it after? no
1: <clears throat> i mean i did hear a few a, a couple of songs and i really liked what i heard but i kind of kept it at arm's length i think it was probably the same kind of situation that i had with kirk cobain mm-hmm. where it was at this point i think she was already you know, I knew that she was having problems with addiction mm-hmm. and and this kind of thing, and it was it's hard. It's hard to. It's it's really hard to, to get into an artist who was struggling so much with with mm-hmm. that, and 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 really kind of you almost feel guilty in a sense by buying the album. I, it sounds weird because it's like you're attributing to their success, which they didn't like they didn't care for the success angle of of, you know their career they just wanted to couldn't
0: handle it they couldn't couldn't handle they just
1: they just wanted to put their art out there and Mm -hmm. it's it's so unfortunate oh man it's just you know but yeah you know this album is real intense it's um when i first heard the whole the whole thing well first of all i really enjoy the fact that it's it's split in, in the sense of the production, like you got mm-hmm. two different producers on this thing. So, and there's a really, really nice contrast with that, which I really, really dig. Uh, so it's almost like you and I, like we're always talking about, you're more about the the polished <laughs> side of things, right? This is a yeah. perfect example of this, you know, because yeah. the, the the stuff he did, you know, she did with Remy was more kind of stripped down and more in the room and warmer and, you know, mm-hmm. which is, you know, is kind of what I like. And, so yeah, this is, this might be a, a really good example of that. So, you know, but I, I, yeah. I really, I really dug it and I, I just, but it's so sad. It's such a yeah. sad album uplifted yeah. by this great music, you know, this, mu- this really great music, which I love anyways, it's soul R and B kind of thing, you know, and, and sort of a Neo, Neo uh, take on like Motown and, sure. and that kind of stuff back in the sixties, which was really, really yeah, there, cool there's stuff. Yeah. A
0: lot, a lot. <clears throat> To digest here and done yeah. really really well. That's the key when we get into it. Um, I I got into her not when the album came out, but uh, definitely before she passed. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that much. So it was it was probably, uh, I I, I was aware of rehab the single rehab as, as a song that was kind of in the background. You, you know, you'd hear I heard it here and there. Um, yeah. but then it was another song that really grabbed me, which was uh, Tears Dry on Their Own, and I absolutely I was like, yeah. what is this? I need to hear the rest of the album. So uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to say it was before her passing, but not right when the album came out. So she was still kind of popular. Um, this was her, her second album and her final album. So her first album came out in 2003, and that was entitled Frank was mm-hmm. the name of it. Um, and it had done okay. Nothing, you know, big and pretty big in Britain. Uh, a couple of singles were big there. Hadn't didn't break over here in a big way. Yeah. Um, and like you were saying, her second album, Uh, the first album was kind of more like jazz, jazz and a hip hop fusion. She was kind of known as a jazzy vocalist. Yeah. For the second album, you know, the, the, the girl group influence kind of came, really started to come to the forefront, um, with, yeah, with kind of a hybrid of, of Motown, maybe late sixties, early seventies, Motown, soul, uh, it, it just, Encapsulates a lot of different things, but but very different from her previous album,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: is which is kind of interesting because usually it's it's such a tonal difference. Like the the from the first one to this one is really a, a I don't even want to say hundred and eighty degree shift, but um, really different from where she would, where you think she would be heading from with her next album. You think oh it would kind of develop the same the same themes as her first one, but no, it goes way off into into this brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. Of embracing this this kind of Motownish R and B soul sound, um, and you may think, oh, that sounds kind of gimmicky, right?
1: Right, but, exactly, yeah. <clears throat> but no, no, but not the a, common no, denominator no, no. here is her voice. Uh, yeah, you know, she's got that smoky lounge. She, you know, it harkens back to people like Sarah Vaughn, You know, some of the uh, like even you know uh, some of the earlier jazz artists of the of the late fifties, early sixties, and her being a jazz fan. I mean, she really was into jazz when she first started out and, and then she started really digging, you know, listening on the jukebox of, of, like these old girl groups of, you know, I don't know if that was, if that was something that she gravitated to herself or was it something that her producer, Mark Ronson urged her to do. It's kind of hard to nail that down a little bit. I think, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of get a sense of what, when exactly was she influenced by this music, I think the the point is, is that I think she's always been sort of an old soul mm-hmm. and she, that kind of music is, you know, she, she, I don't think she was really a big fan of the, the what was going on at, at that point in time in the, on the music scene. So she, it wasn't like she was like a lot of the other pop singers, even, even artists who were kind of doing what she was doing. She was doing it a, a I, I don't know, I want to say more authentic. Because it's just like, again, that voice of hers just really carried it and it really sold it. Well, she, she kind of,
0: she paved the way for, for two artists from, from the UK as well that also cite her as an influence. One, one is, one is really giant and one, uh, to a lesser extent, Adele. Yeah. Okay. Adele Mm -hmm. didn't really start hitting until like 2008. And if you listen to Adele's very first single, Chasing Pavements, Mm -hmm. It's got a retro feel to it. It it has a feel that there's this subgenre starting to emerge. And there's another artist, her name is Duffy. And she yeah. had a song called Warwick Avenue. Go listen to the, go listen to Chasing Pavements and listen to Warwick Avenue by Duffy. And you'll hear what the kind of the almost the match that Amy Winehouse lit with this kind of dust, you know, dusty Springfield-ish, I guess, kind of throwback stuff. Mm-hmm. But she was, she was really the forerunner of it. And unfortunately, you know, with her untimely passing, never really got an opportunity to, to continue it. But the, if you listen to those two other artists, you can definitely absolutely hear that they they were kind of, they don't sound like Amy Winehouse, but they were definitely experimenting with that genre and that sound, right? right? Because if you take out, uh, if you take the vocals out of this Back to Black album, you would think it could easily pass for something for the late 60s and 70s if it wasn't for the lyrical content.
1: <laughs> right. Um, yes.
0: You know, like like you would absolutely think wow what, what? like what is this the backing tracks for something that never got released from Motown or something like that. Absolutely yeah. has has an authentic feel and not like a gimmicky oh we're trying to do an impression of this type of thing. Yeah. You know?
1: Well, Mark Ronson brought in uh, Sharon Jones's band, the yep. Dap Kings. Dap Kings. Who they, they were the, the backing <laughs> band on this record, and they're yep. they're fantastic for, for his, for his yeah. stuff. For his yeah, stuff. for his side of the stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. So you've got um, like two
0: two parts to this, right? Because then you've yeah. got uh, you've got Remy stuff, uh, Salam Remy stuff that he uh, played a lot of that stuff his hisself. He played a lot of the the guitars yes. and the bass and and kind of almost DIY'd his stuff for the most part.
1: Mm-hmm yeah he's you he, know I mean, this is a hip-hop artist he's into rap he's in you know all kinds of those kind of genres but these guys really know have a really great sense of the old old school groove and 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 sort of r&b flavor you know which i like i like i like rap hip-hop artists who who channel that i can think of like people like outcast who've done that like mm-hmm. you know andre 3000 when he you know that album when that came out and you know you had uh, the other guy doing the, the all the rap stuff and he was more sort of soul and r&b mm-hmm. i think of that great song he did with Nora jones that that really short number on that record which i absolutely loved but yeah like again it's it's the, it, i just love that old time you know that feel with the horns and whatever it is whatever captures the mood and and and, and this album really captures a lot of that and just yeah. in these little bits and pieces, you know? Yeah. Salam uh, Remy also you know.
0: worked with the the Fugees. Yeah. So that, that, that kind of puts it into that, that area as well that, you know, with, when they did, uh, you know, killing me softly, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's that, that throwbacky feel, but also modern feeling. And, and it's amazing that, you know, she's, she's record or Mark Ronson, she's working with Mark Ronson in New York and then working with Salam Remy in, in, down in Florida. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, t- and two different ways of working, but they uh, managed to achieve something that's pretty cohesive. It doesn't sound so, like, it doesn't sound so bracing where it's like, oh, this is one person's stuff. You know, they they, they have different techniques and different ways of doing it. And maybe Mark Ronson's was a little more wall of sound-ish, perhaps yeah. a little more Phil spector Would that be yeah. the right, you know? Yeah,
1: I, I you know, but like like uh, Remy's stuff was, like I said, it was a little bit more stripped down. So it almost... But it's all in the mix, right? I mean, you get yeah. the you get the the right uh, engineer in there, and then mix it in all together, and you could you could you could say that it is a cohesive album. You, you wouldn't know because mm-hmm. it it, de- it definitely has just enough polish on his side of it, where it it it, it kind of flows in, and and you know just enough reverb, enough of the of that happening. Of course, with Bronson's stuff, it's more you get this brash stuff with the horns and that that real funky kind of you know stuff going on there um but yeah i like a lot of the slower songs too though you know love is yeah. a losing game probably one of my favorites you know that that's a beautiful song and i i just you know oh goodness yeah, it's like it's <laughs> sad though you know i i listened to it and it's not an album that i can really find myself unfortunately returning to a lot because yeah. it's just so well, I we talked you know
0: we, we we talked about when we did the jewel episode yeah we yeah. talked about how uh, from Jule's point of view, it was like her diary about how she was striking out on her own. That's and right, kind of living yeah. a life. Um, this is a diary of of a different of, of a different type. I mean, this is a very blunt kind of in, not in your face in that way, mm-hmm. but kind of a you know it's it's a documentation of of heartbreak and, yep. and loss of love and uh, addiction in in some ways as well, or or using. Uh, alcohol to ease the pain of of heartache yeah. and loss and using yeah. that as medi- as as kind of a medication you know her self awareness is very uh it it's it's kind of almost scary because she's so good at writing like the the lyrics that she writes and the way she she understands even the bad things about what she's doing mm-hmm. and how she kind of does need to or she should stop <laughs> you know yeah it's very, it's, it's, it's kind of, you're not almost, you have to read the lyrics, really. Uh, you listen to the songs and they're up, kind of up-tempo-y and they're throwback-y. So you think, oh, this is kind of fun, <laughs> you know?
1: No, but you dig into um, the lyrics and it's, But you yeah, dig it, into the
0: lyrics and, yeah. and she's in in a lot of pain. Her her boyfriend at the time, who would later become her husband, uh, had left her, gone back to his old girlfriend. And this was the source of of her inspiration for her material is, is the, the heartbreak of that um, leaning on alcohol as a crutch. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was already an issue with her. I mean, a lot of these these issues were existing. Um, it, they just kind of exacerbated with, with the heartbreak and the heartache she was going through.
1: It's so... And
0: it's not glamorized. She, she does no. not glamorize this whatsoever. So it's not no, like, it's oh, not sugar-coated. Par- I'm partying, it is, I'm going right. out and, and having a cocktail.
1: <laughs> um it, it's not it's not like that type of stuff this is kind of no she's very much aware of what she's yeah. doing i'm, I'm and, trying not and to that's drink. the hardest that's the hardest thing to listen to is when you know that she has you know she she she's admitting that she needs help yeah her dad i guess at the time i guess in the documentary saying that her dad was telling the producers oh she doesn't need help she's yeah. fine or whatever Which which goes
0: right to the lyric in rehab. She said, you know, mm -hmm. and my daddy, my daddy thinks I'm fine. That he was, that was actually her father said, yeah, I don't think you need to go to rehab. So that's all she needs to hear are are in the lyrics. Yeah. She's like, yeah, that's her
1: her own father telling her, you're fine. You you can deal with this. You know, like that's all somebody needs to hear. Uh, Oh my God. It's just,
0: yeah. What a heartbreaking. Just just her struggle with it, her struggle with, with losing her love and, and, how do you, how do you deal with it? And, and some of the lyrics, you know, like I'm trying not to drink, I'm trying to keep my mind busy, yeah. uh, clean, clean the house or, or keep my mind not thinking about things. Uh, really just, uh, really so self-aware for someone so young. I mean, she was like in her early twenties yeah. when she wrote this stuff and it's That's just right. like, how, how have you gone through all of this already and be so self-aware to be able to also put it into words to, to, you know, it's one well, of those words that make sense and, yeah, and it's that one of those that are just really out there.
1: One of those really rare examples from a songwriter that you can, you can write a song so personal and so close to the chest. And yet it's so people can, can put themselves into it. Like they can, yeah. you know, it's sort of more generalized and, and I don't know how you, how anybody can do that from a very personal lyric and just say, well, this, I kind of went through the same thing it makes it that much more universal, but it's just putting that out there is it's got to be tough enough, but to, you know, for that to become a hit song or one any, one of these songs to become a hit that had to have been, I don't know. How do you feel? Uh, how does one feel yeah. like when you, when you're, when you're out there and people are loving what you're doing? Sure. But it's, it, it wasn't meant to be, a hit, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't, I don't understand what? how anybody could, you know, like really enjoy that, level of success when that, when they're, they're basically yeah. pouring their heart out. Yeah. I, I think re-
0: rehab <laughs> was kind of a hit. I mean, it's kind of gimmicky. Yeah. It almost sounds like, yeah, it's, it sounds like something that's not real. It's like, Oh, you know, try to make me go to rehab and it sounds, ju- ju- you know, like, okay, this is just kind of a quirky song. So I don't think people were maybe taking that too seriously or, or, and her problems really weren't really known as well. It's not like people knew all this stuff was going on with her. Yeah. It only really got bad. <laughs> Right. It, it were, got worse or magnified after she got really popular. So you start winning all these Grammys, yep. you get all these accolades. People are always chasing you. Mm-hmm. Um, you already were susceptible to these types of things. She had also battled bulimia as a child.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that,
0: you know, you're you're just now you're playing with fire. And then you've got then her, her boyfriend comes back, uh, Blake Fielder Civil, who, you know, allegedly is a dirtbag i'm going to i'll use the words allegedly so I don't get <laughs> we don't get in trouble but the guy basically was i mean he introduced her to yeah. heroin i mean he was not a, a good influence on her but she was too no. madly in love with this guy yeah um so he comes back into her life and things just get worse yeah you know so it's like it's it's a strange situation because she's lamenting the loss of her love and and and, and you know medicating with booze and 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 realizing that both are, are a problem she gets what she wants. This guy comes back and it's actually worse for her.
1: Yeah. And then you had, well, like like we were saying, like her, her closest, like her family and just, they weren't quite there when they, for her, when they really needed, she didn't have the right support yeah. system going on. Like even like I watched, I watched the documentary, Amy, and there's one part that really got me where this young guy is interviewing her. I guess it was for Uh, you know like a like a sort of an mtv type thing or whatever no the question was what what is your idea of success you know Mm -hmm. you know and she's like my idea of success is having the freedom to go out and 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 work with certain people that i want to work with Mm -hmm. find the time that i could do the stuff i want to do and blah blah and the guy turns around and he tells her well you know you got other things to worry about too don't you know You know, you got, you got to worry about, you know, you got people chasing you. You got, you know, you got to find time for that too. It's like, you know, you have other responsibilities. He's telling like this young guy, it's like, holy shit. I'm like, you know, like this is, you know, really? And she's like kind of looking at him like, you know, well, you know, uh, you know, she goes to that, I have to say, you know, you got to let me do my thing. Yeah. That, that, that's my, that was her response to that.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. It's yeah. Very strange. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the music. Yeah, <laughs> because I think we're. I think okay. we know. I mean, we, it's it's very easy to mm-hmm. kind of talk about her and, and the tragedy of everything. But oh, Again, sure. Ra- wrapped yeah. in this tragedy is this album. Yeah, that it's it. It's one of those ones you you don't have to sit down. I don't think you have to sit down and listen to the whole thing at once. But it's a lot better if you do. I can I can pick songs out of this this album and kind of listen yeah. to them and really dig them. But if you listen, you can listen to the whole thing and you get the you listening to the whole thing is more like a time machine because you really feel like you're you're being transported to another era when you listen to this whole thing and again it's not gimmicky where like she's trying to do an impression of something else although there are two songs they did they they did have to credit to uh older artists from the 60s because they basically what my favorite song tears dry on their own Mm-hmm. is basically the chord progression from Ain't No Mountain High Enough, which was Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. Yeah. It's literally, and and I always want, I'm like, wow, this really sounds like a throwback. Well, because they used that chord progression and they built a whole new song around it.
1: It almost it's sounds just, like in the very beginning, it almost sounds like they're sampling the, the beginning yeah. of that song. You even well, it, have like the, you know, the, the xylophone, the ding, you know, the little yeah. like the yeah, chime, so the, you know, like in the beginning and the, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, so they ba- yeah. they
0: basically used that and then the final song is He Can Only Hold Her um mm-hmm. which was all with the la 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 that that thing. Yeah, that, that's from directly from another song from the 60s as well. So they they did repurpose where they needed to to make uh make their point, but they did they didn't just remake the song. They just used the the these chord progressions and backing elements to make new music with, so I kind of, they, I kind of, um, I'm okay with that. It's not like Zeppelin, yeah. They they did they, they their, they made it their own, kind stuff and saying that wasn't me or you know, it's, I didn't know. it's
1: <laughs> yeah, it's much more of an homage kind of yeah. feel. And but the, it's different enough where they change it just enough so that it does become her own, her own thing. And yeah, because you hear it, mean, yeah. it's like
0: this kind of sounds familiar, but I'm right. not sure what. So you right. think is? I, I found myself thinking when I first heard Tears Dry on Their Own, I'm like is is this a cover of something else? And I'm, I'm like, no, she wrote it. Mm-hmm. And then when I did more research, I'm like, yeah, but the backing stuff is, is ain't no mountain high enough. So, and they reconfigure it to, to make it into something new. So I really, that, that, you know, you gotta be smart to be able to do that without just re recording yeah. that, that song. So I was kind of, I kind of dig that. And then <laughs> I'm going to, there's, there's one song on here called me and Mr. Jones. Oh yeah. Um, and the original, do you know what the original working title was? No was the original title was fuckery okay okay yeah because because the the second line is what kind of fuckery is this and i'm like that's just a great line like whoever says anything like that
1: right she
0: presented that and they're like you can't call it that Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can't call it that so this was a wink it's me and mr jones is a wink to me and mrs jones by billy paul yeah um but it's not that song it's it's actually about the rapper nas whose last name is jones so she's very clever with uh, with her wordplay, it, it's one of those albums where you, each one's like a story. It really is. There's not, mm-hmm. there's not throwaway lyrics in here. A lot. Sometimes, some artists, you know, the lyrics are in service of the music. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, the music is in service of of the lyrics. Of, and
1: her, well, it's her phrasing too. The way, yeah. you know some you have to write lyrics to the way you sing. So she's wonderful at that. At that kind of phrasing of that sort of jazzy.
0: Yeah. And, and a little um, bit of, a little bit of sass, yeah. a little bit of emphasis.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: She's on the lower register of the vocal range. So mm-hmm. she co- she goes down low as she can go low as well, which you don't hear a lot of uh, female artists do. Usually it's, it's the higher, the better. And how mm-hmm. high can we go? You know, like let's hit the, the upper stratosphere of, of, of the scales. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's on the lower end. So I kind of like that as well. It's a, it gives you a different feel.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, there's there's a, there's another song that I, it's not one of the hits, but it's I think it's the second to the last song on the record, and uh, it it has that kind of uh,
0: some unholy war. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It has that 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 sort of you know that that vibe to it as well. I mean, I just every song is an experience, but it's it's it's, it's like you say, it's like it's story. It's not it's it's not just like. Ooh, I'm crying today because I'm feeling bad. It's like, it's like, you're really, you're you're literally taken into whatever the, the actual experience is like, you know, it is like a diary, an entry. Like I, what was about, you know,
0: One was about, uh, was about an affair she had. So trying and trying just to be, remain friends. So there's all these different aspects. It's all wrapped in this, in the heartache and the breakup of her relationship. So, but there's, but it's all these different, parts of it it's yeah it's not like you said it's not the same thing over and over of poor me poor me because she certainly doesn't also she kind of understands where she's at and she knows that she should you know try and do better you know again tears dry on their own has such good lyrics and it's like learn to be my own best friend you know instead of not getting involved with with these men that are just awful for me so there's a lot of uh, of introspection it's just unfortunately she wasn't able to take her own advice you know, no. so she kind of saw what her flaws were. Some of them she accepted. That I drink. I don't know. I don't need to go to rehab. You know, um. Once my 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 man comes back, I'll be able. I won't. You know, I won't need the bottle anymore. You know, it's 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 really it, it's somewhat intense subject matter that she's dealing with because it's you can tell that it's coming right from her, especially knowing all of all of everything that happened to her. I this wonder. Just, this wasn't just like lyrics written to, to tell a story. You know, some made
1: up thing. Right. right. It's not. It's very. It's like I said. It's like it's, it's very. It's very. It's gen. It's not generalized. It's like you know, we're not just you know. Oh, I'm like somebody just writes a lyric about heartache. It's it's my heartache. It's her. You know, her heartache. It's her. You know, what she was going through right at that moment. Even. I mean, it could be that specific. I wonder though, what what would she have been doing had she survived you know had she carried i don't know i mean would she have made another album like this what kind of experiences would she be having yeah. well she was more, she was
0: on that she was on that more, trail the um, more
1: popular she got would she have i don't know I, she, I, might, I, she might
0: have dipped back and forth she she uh, obviously can handle different genres right it's not like this was a yeah not like a one-trick pony she she did start recording more stuff after um and some of it was the throwback stuff she had done a, a duet with Tony bennett uh, she had done a, a cover of uh, the girl from Ipanema and she had done mm. some of that older stuff so she was on maybe on her way to being uh, maybe put in, you know pigeonholed in, into that but I don't think she she would uh, she would would have allowed herself to do that because she plays guitar there there's footage on online of her just strumming a guitar and playing yeah. as well so she's not just a vocalist who can write really good songs I, I think she had she continued, I think she would have evolved and done different things. Would she have had the career like Adele? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think so. But not everybody, you know, we don't need two Adele's. We need one Adele and, and one Amy Winehouse, right? <laughs> right. I mean, because yeah. they're both being they bring different things to the table. You know, uh, Adele has people write songs for her for the most part, right? As far as I know. And what Winehouse brings is is that Dylan-esque or that personal feeling and, and those personal issues that she's able to put into words and put into lyrics and, and her lyric writing is just so smart. I mean, that's what I'm, I was listening to the album today and then, and sitting with it, reading the lyrics. And I'm like, God, she's just so self-aware and really mm-hmm. understands. And, and the lyrics are not like simple words too. I mean, she just really had to, a had to grasp on how to, how to make uh, stuff that was listenable yet deal with these kind of, you know, uncomfortable things and, and uncomfortable aspects of her life. And like I said, she doesn't glamorize it and make it sound <clears> like, <throat> oh, I'm
1: partying and having a great time. And she kind of did the same thing though with Frank, her first record, mm-hmm. you know, and she didn't like Frank very much. I, know, I I recall her saying that a lot of the stuff that she'd been going through at that point in time with her, uh, an ex-boyfriend <laughs> was a totally different situation. And the lyrics that she had written at that for that, you know, for that stuff, it, it, this was like, she was really, really angry and really kind of, probably a lot more sort of Alanis Morissette kind of feel like it, mm-hmm. even it was like jazzy, but it was like, this is like fu you, this, and, you know, yeah, a little more and angsty yeah, and angsty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and she, and I, I just recall her saying that she doesn't really like the album very much. I I think it's fine. I mean, it's just, it is different. It is. Yeah. You know, I like the jazz and, you know, feel of it, but it's uh, yeah. For someone to say that, like I, I could be so personal, but I could also, I don't have to like it either. Yeah, is that takes courage, too. It's like, you know, this is this is and some people might disagree and say, oh, this uh, this is just more the same or that you know, she's, v- you know, very she's like that all the time and that kind of thing. And But, you know, when you really think about what you're going through in your own personal life, yeah, it's not always going to be the same kind of situation. So you're, you know, not that this situation is necessarily <clears throat> was any better you know i think it's actually kind of worse but yeah unfortunately she she found success as a result and i think she really enjoyed the making of this album and playing with these people and 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 the music side of it really i think really encouraged her and inspired her to do to do better i think yeah
0: and and unfortunately she doesn't have the benefit of hindsight for this album like yeah kind of like when we did our tom petty episode right petty at the time didn't realize his marriage was falling apart. It wasn't until he looked back on the album and said, wow, okay, this was, there was a lot of stuff there that I didn't realize that was, that had meaning. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. she never got the opportunity to look back on this album and and assess and say, well, this is, you know, it, was she able to come out of it? Was she, obviously she wasn't able to, but had she been able to, it would have been interesting to see what her perspective was yeah. on it afterwards because this this album came out and it was like a shot across the bow not only for female singers but just for pop music I mean five Grammys I mean yeah. you know that that is one Grammy is enough album of the year or, or any of the, you could pick any of the five she won probably maybe except for best producer and I'm sure any artist would be happy to yeah. grab one of those and she took five in one shot which was like unheard of for someone that was basically unheard of in the States um, for, yeah. for her to come out of nowhere but that that kind of also might have been the you know the the the, the sounding of the bell that mm-hmm. things were not going to go well because after that she just she had a you know the record company was pressing for another release I'm recording uh, supposedly I'm recording but then and you know 2000 this came out in oh six. 08 comes and goes maybe in 2010, we'll have something. The record company says nothing, ever, nothing ever came back out. She, you know, there's a, there was an album released afterwards with, you know, studio outtakes and just like one offs that she did. But yeah, there was never anything cohesive that, could have been said, well, this is, this was what the direction would have been because she was just doing some one-off singles and, and this, that, and the other thing. So it's kind of, yeah. kind of yeah, hard. And of
1: course, the obligatory like re-release of back to black three times over yeah. with the, with the remixes and all this other BS. It's like, that's obviously not something that she would have Yeah, probably well, well, would have dug, you know, like, you know, but well, uh, it did. I mean, her what? grandmother, her the death of her grandmother really hit her very it. hard. So, yeah. That yeah, was she'd... later. That was a little bit later on. So that kind of, you know,
0: yeah, she thanks her so, grandmother in, in the yeah. album credits. She thanks to Shangri La's, the, the gr- girl group yeah. of the sixties, yeah. in the credits as well. So you can see that the influences are, are, are definitely there.
1: Ronnie Spector. about the about the, yeah. al-
0: about the <clears throat> audio aspects of the album. Mm-hmm. I, I read a lot. I read a lot of complaints that people that whether you listen to it on CD or the vinyl or whatever, as as great as the album is, a lot of complaints about the mastering of it. That you just it just doesn't sound great and crisp and clear like and i i noticed it on my 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 vinyl copy mm-hmm. doesn't have the fidelity that other albums you would think Some because they weren't going for a totally retro they were going for a retro sound a retro yeah. feel but not a retro sound not to sound like it, it you know it was from from back then meaning as far as fidelity um
1: okay so and, you're and saying i've experienced that as well you don't have the balance Right, because I don't, I have only ever listened to it on on, on streaming. Yeah, you know, crisp, I don't I don't actually own just,
0: it. It kind of isn't there. Yeah. It's okay. kind of you, you listen to it, and it sounds sometimes a little crackly. So I don't know if it's just a victim of of mastering or whatever, but well, I think it's that's, it's just, like, a, that's just an audiophile side note. We just went it, off on a little. Well, extra. it has that kind of <laughs> polish to
1: it for sure, and is a and you know, again a lot of this old time stuff does have a lot of high end, which tends to be the preferred range for like if you say the word pop music that's generally if you were to translate that into some like an equalizer in your head like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden like like when you buy a brand new car right you 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 check your levels in the car and you set the level they already have preset levels of what a what a pop song should sound like everything's in the above register oh of course there's very little there's no bottom end what to it whatsoever so perhaps that was what they were trying to go for was this sort of like tinny very you know sort of in the can kind of thing which you you know if you're anybody who knows me knows that i'm not a big fan of phil specter and that wall of sound <laughs> you know when we talk you know like all yeah. things must pass george harrison's album love 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 that album but i hate the way it sounds like i hate the production yeah. on it and it's yeah, just like that
0: maybe we'll get an a, you a, know a re, a re another look at it perhaps well maybe um, I, I don't know in spe- i mean speaking about the producers a fun here's a really fun uh Deep, deep piece of trivia. Very deep piece of trivia. <laughs> okay. Mark, R- Mark Ronson. Mm-hmm. Do you know who his stepdad is? I do not. <laughs> okay.
1: Leave Mark it to Ron- you to find the... the...
0: <laughs> Mark Mark Ronson's stepdad is Mick Jones, who is the leader of the group Foreigner. Oh, okay. okay. Wow. The, so, Mick Jones wrote the song I Want to Know What Love Is. He wrote that about his His wife, which would be, Mick, you know, uh, Mark Ronson's mother, who was kind of dating at the time and getting to know. Mm-hmm. So the song, I Want to Know What Love is About Foreigner by Foreigner is about the producer, Mark Ronson's mother. Nice. And that's his stepdad. They ended up getting married and that became a stepdad. So he lived in New York and Mark Ronson became a DJ and then he became a, a big time producer. I mean, Ronson like worked with who's who of of artists. I mean, Lady Gaga, he mm-hmm. was just with everybody, so you know this was kind of a a, a breakout for him. But you're, she was working with top flight people, and like you said, the Dab Kings and and the late Sharon Jones backing band in New York bring that authenticity. Yeah, to, to what it to what they were trying to get. Because if you listen to Sharon Jones stuff, it's got that same feel. Yeah, know, and, it and, does. And, and the Dab King, so it's it's in that kind of arena. So so Mark Ronson knew exactly what to go for. You know up in New York he's you know he had it kind of like his home team, right, and then mm-hmm. you know Salam Remy down there had his own thing going, so it's really kind of interesting that that these two totally different producers, one slicker like you said, more of specterish mm-hmm. and then the other one a little more stripped down, were able to kind of come together and you really i mean and the way the songs are arranged maybe maybe if they split them equally. If it was one side per you, maybe you could feel a through line of, okay, this has one sound and one, yeah. but but the, the way the tracks are arranged are really well that you you don't really feel that there's something different going on. No, you don't. You know, it, it feels it, like it, a different style, <clears throat> a different style of song, but not a different like sounding song per se, yeah, as far there, as the production.
1: I mean, there've been albums by people who have multiple producers on them, and you, yeah. can, you can definitely tell. <laughs> I I've seen to recall... Oh my God, I have, what's a good example? Stevie Nicks, when she did her <laughs> Rock a Little, right? I think there was like six different producers on that record. And you could definitely tell, I mean, it's like such a big, and this was like the late 80s. So maybe it was a little bit harder back then to to achieve a more cohesive sound, well, but
0: if that's if, if if that's not what she was, maybe you know, she she might have just wanted to work with different producers and whatever and they brought. Right, right,
1: exactly. Yeah. Okay. So it's sort of an eclectic.
0: Exactly. Feel. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're going for a similar sound, you you usually will stay with one person because they're going to deliver and understand what you want, and mm-hmm. you're kind of like, okay, this is the project we're working on, and we're going to do it together. Um, so working with two radically different producers is, it was a big gamble, but it paid off because it's not, it does not sound disjointed. That that's the word I was looking for. It does not sound disjointed when you listen to this. Absolutely. Just no, uh, some great stuff. So what, what are some top, what are some top tracks for you?
1: Yeah. Some of my, I love, well, as far as the, the hits go, me and me and Mr. Jones is, is one of my favorites. I love just friends. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the slower and the
0: slower. So you like some That's, of the slower I, stuff. I like the
1: the, the the Remy that yeah. Remy did, and um, Tears Dry on, on their own is is oh. is, a, is a great one. I do love <laughs> Some Unholy War. Yeah, um, so you're
0: definitely you're definitely skewing towards the the kind of the slower torchier. The Remy.
1: Yeah, the more the the more, the Remy Salam, the Salam Remy stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that side. Of, but no, I I do dig you know the sort of like uh, you know. Uh, see i'm going i'm going i'm skewing the other way because i like some of the
0: the throwbacky wall of sound stuff that ronson was doing like with the str- their strings and there's hand claps and there's like the bell like the like not a, not a cowbell but actual like bells that you would hear which she wasn't a fan of
1: ironically enough she didn't like strings and stuff like she thought it, it sounded cheesy right. but when ronson did it it worked. He just, went, he just went ahead and did it. Like she, he, like he didn't really care what <laughs> she thought. I, I, you know, from what I gather. I mean, you know, you know, watching the making of the album uh-huh. documentary, I, you know,
0: you're gonna, you're gonna get what you're gonna get, and you're gonna like it. And it's well, gonna it, it's it gonna, was win. it was a gamble. We're
1: all Grammys. We're all it, gonna win Grammys on well, this. It, well, <laughs> this is like this is a great producer. Like sometimes you got to put that trust right. Yeah. So he thought it was a good idea, and he did it yeah and she did end up loving it so but you know but he was nervous about it he was like yeah, i don't know if she's gonna you know if she's gonna flip out over this or whatever because i know she doesn't she hates string she hates that you know she likes the real <clears throat> at that point i think she was really more into working with salam remy and yeah. and and just that sort of in the room feel but that's what she was used to but i think he, ronson brought a totally different yeah uh, level and working with the dap kings and you know i think she really enjoyed yeah these guys are pros these you know wow i didn't expect this kind of thing i thought it was it was going to be cool (laughs) but i didn't expect this level of cool like you know like it was just bringing in the horns and all that kind of stuff it had to been like such a great yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go with i'm
0: gonna go with back to black the title track okay um of course like oh my god if you listen to one song, please just listen to Tears Dry on the Run. If you've never listened to this album, <laughs> her, her vocal performance is just, it's so on point. It is just right there. It's, the song has the energy to it that that made, like this was the, the song that really made me like, say, I need to listen to this album. Like, you know, I didn't hear the, you know, there was five singles released. I don't recall hearing any of those other ones. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I found Tears Dry on the Run, but when I did, I was like... Phew. That that did it for me, and yeah, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna skew towards the Ronson stuff. Is you know, Back to Black and Love is a Losing Game.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: um, he can I only do. Hold, he can only hold her, which which has that the, that throwback. Yeah, uh, that they used from another group. Uh, you know, from 1966,
1: it was a song. Yeah, um, I love the backing vocals on that one. Yeah, and the, the fancy did it, did it. You know, like the the horns in that song. It
0: re- yeah, it recalls sort <laughs> of like. It,
1: Exactly that, that's right
0: that's right from that song from the 60s we we, we yeah. put it uh we'll I'll put it in the show almost notes sound, the it almost songs. sounds
1: like bee gees too right you know uh nobody gets too much heaven anymore right it's like that a little di- bit yeah it's di- got di- that horn di- you know that horn sound. yeah
0: we'll we'll put we'll what we'll do is we'll link to we'll link in the show notes to the two songs that were kind of uh reconfigured so you can kind of hear the originals too um and and compare them and and kind of get a feel for what they were trying to achieve, but yeah, let's see, it looks like we cut we we you I see you predicted it in the beginning, you said yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we we would we
1: prefer like right, certain tracks, yeah, but although, I do, although
0: tears right on the wrong was was it, done by it, Remy Salam,
1: yes, it With was, Remy. and but uh love is a losing game, which I like was done by Ronson, yeah, so there you go, there's the trade off right
0: <laughs> we've, we've each got one of the opposite. And here's an interesting, uh, uh, I'm looking
1: others. at the the credits here, and it was co-written, Tears Dry in They Run, with uh, Ashford and Simpson. Looks well, like.
0: that's because it was Ain't No Mountain High Enough. That, okay. that's, they got the credit for that. They had okay. to give them the credit. Ashford and Simpson got the credit because gotcha. that was who okay. wrote it back then, who wrote the Tammy Terrell and, uh, and Marvin Gaye, mm. Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Just like with with He Can Only Holder, R- Richard and Robert Poindexter got songwriting credit because... They basically used the backing track and the backing arrangement from that song. I can't remember what the
1: song was. Well, good. Like, they gave him the credit. that's oh, no, that's absolutely. Great. From from the yeah. jump,
0: they they absolutely. It like I said earlier, it wasn't like a Led Zeppelin thing where they just like took it and then said, oh, uh, you know, we didn't know.
1: <laughs> we didn't know. <laughs> we didn't know.
0: Yeah. Stupid us. We didn't know. We're just a band, you know. What do we, what do we know? We're just musicians. So yeah, right. Um, yeah, they they that didn't work. They 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 uh, they did it with intention, so they gave credit where credit was due. Mm-hmm. Unlike, well, Lindsey Buckingham fixed his issue. So you brought that, oh, you we brought that to we attention, but he fixed it. So anyway, yeah, that was wild. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's
0: wow. that's an instance of someone writing something and then forgetting that you th- thought you wrote it, and uh, you'll just have to go look it up. We'll we'll we'll, right. we'll talk about Lindsey Buckingham and his plagiarism another day. <laughs> it all it all turned out for the better at the end.
1: So but yeah well, how many so people have let's so let's examine let's let's talk like how many people have actually done this though like george harrison we we talked you know that's the most one of the most famous one, one of the uh, more recent
0: ones was um do you know the artist sam smith from the uk
1: yeah and that was uh the tom petty
0: yeah tom petty and jeff Lynne. Yeah, he got he they, right. they, uh what's his co- what the his song was called stay with me i believe yeah yeah stay stay with me and and they said you know what this middle part it, it's a that song is a very slow song and it might be a little bit of a stretch, but they said, when you speed up the chorus, it's the chord pro- progression from, I won't back down. Yeah, it is. And, and, they, and they, Petty and them and Jeff Lynn, they, they were not looking to, to sue. It was, you know, the, the record company that went off, went after them. They weren't particularly like, you know, cause Petty has, has they might've made
1: the mistake of actually pointing it out. And then the record company's like, Ooh, we could do yeah, something gotta, like this, you know, know cause this yeah, was so NCA,
0: they, right? Yeah, they weren't yeah. Looking to cash in <laughs> on it, but, uh, but but the record company did so then they ended up getting song songwriting credit so that song by yeah. Sam Smith is written by whoever and Tom Petty and Jeff Lynne wrote that you know and I don't know what the cut is but you know that that happens I guess quite often and and sometimes it happens by accident you really aren't looking to I hope to, I'm,
1: I hope I'm not getting anybody into trouble here but I'm going to point out one song that I always thought was a complete ripoff and and that's misunderstanding by Genesis because that that riff is like he phil was channeling toto Mm -hmm. right he was uh um rosanna you know or not rosanna but uh you know that uh oh god what was that what was the what was the song was it rosanna hold the line hold the i think hold the line might be that i'm not sure but for me it sounds because he he mentioned toto but Uh you know that's where he kind of got the 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 you know the do, 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 do. but to me that riff comes from sly and the family stone if you listen well, to did. hot fun in the summertime and it even has like the you know the the tinkling piano like the ding ding ding, ding, yep. ding you know like and you listen <laughs> to the chorus part and then you, you and, and it's it sounds it's not even not only does it is, is it is at the same chord progression but it sounds like the song like yeah. the, the, what genesis did sounds like sly in the family stone Like the exact I mean there's
0: only a certain amount of chords that make sense to fit together. Right. And so you know, sometimes sometimes it is we've heard where artists say this is absolutely influenced by it, right? And you say, Oh, this is an homage to somebody, or I wanna make a I wanna make a song that sounds like Led Zeppelin and you get Greta Van Fleet, right? They're not Mm -hmm. ripping them off, but they're sounding close. Yeah. And then there are some artists or people that write songs and they use the same chord progressions as other artists, but they don't necessarily realize it. And they said, listen, there's no way I would have ever heard that song. I didn't know it's an honest mistake. It well, that's with- the thing.
1: I think I mean, if you're a musician, you hear it in your head that there are certain chords that, that that type of music is what was written. Like, that, you, know, yeah. the, you know, these are the keys, you know, the, the notes and the keys and the chord progression. This is what, you know, you think that particular type of music is. Yeah. You know, and you try,
0: and you try and in the case well, of Phil time, Collins, like, Something yeah, like I'm that.
1: a big, I'm a big Motown fan, I'm a big yeah. R&B fan. Though that is the chord progression for that kind of material, you know. Yeah. So and then there's just know.
0: straight out theft, like, like George Harrison <laughs> well, with, you know, My Sweet well, Lord, and there's yeah. just out and out theft, like Led Zeppelin. So, <laughs> um, back to Amy Winehouse, she, she, the record company was concerned with with her and and what was going on. Again, the bulimia had kind of taken root again. She had gotten really thin you know, trying to help her along. And so she's decided to do a tour after the album. And, and unfortunately you can find this stuff on YouTube. Mm. um Just not good. I mean, I, I don't think I saw a performance in anything I was looking at where she was sober and, and she wasn't yeah. finishing songs. She had a bit like a, there was one, I mean, there was one, one performance. She literally had a, a like a plastic, you know, solo cup of beer in her hand and she couldn't wait to finish singing each line of the song so she can get to the beer. I mean, she was almost more interested in the beer, unfortunately. Right. And, you know, we don't know what was going on in her life. She she was married at the time, but she was having troubles with with that guy, the bulimia. So that that probably put her uh, her system, uh, you know, compromised her system as well. And, and then she she ended up passing away from alcohol poisoning. So yeah. the death um, she, of
1: her grandmother, I think, tur- turned her back. Yeah, she kind started of started drinking really heavily. Yeah, put
0: her put her on the path to you know not doing <laughs> yeah. well again. And I think she
1: found which you know that's the point. You get to that point where you find any excuse, you know, or anything that anything bad had happened. You could you could yeah. stub your toe, <laughs> you know that that's uh, sometimes that's how bad things can get. I think you know with some some people yeah. it's just like any excuse that I'm hurting, I'm going to self medicate today. Yeah, and it, to, it seems know. like
0: her her blessing was her curse. Yeah. Her blessing for for being able to put these emotions into words was also the curse that she was burdened with because she was not able to also have the self realization that this is not something that could be sustained. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and unfortunately, when you watch these clips, you're you're looking at someone you're like, this is just a matter of time, yeah. and, and it's it's unfortunate. The fortunate part was we were left with this document, uh, this amazing album, which yeah. absolutely is just something special. Uh, and maybe made more poignant by by the circumstances that happened afterwards. You know, it was a, almost a self fulfilling prophecy that that happened with her, with her heartbreak and her her struggles with with alcohol and and substances. But um, wow, I mean, it, it's talk well, about this... burning brightly. I mean, two albums and and that was it. And this one, <sighs> the, her second one, was the monster. It, this is not like something sure. oh you've never heard of and you need to discover it. You know, this was a, a, an absolute
1: beast of an album. Should you know, should this album be construed as a sort of a cautionary kind of an album? Like here, like, this is what you don't do kind of thing. You know, you think people are looking at it that way or. I'm not,
0: I'm not sure. I don't think so because the, the lyrics are, you know, like I said, they don't really glamorize what she's doing.
1: No, but like uh, musically and, and they, and they it, it goes off on a different tangent, but like, but lyrically, yeah, it's like, it is that personal. So you almost feel like because of the circumstances would this album? You know, are people looking at this album and saying, "Oh, well, this is the uh, the sort of go to album when you know when somebody's dealing with this or something, or, or the, we could use this as, as 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 you know perhaps in a in That's that a kind of question. situation." It, it's a good question. Know? I mean, the it's lyrics curious. deal, deal yeah.
0: mostly with heartbreak. You know, the yeah. the substance abuse, abuse and the alcohol was the medication for it. Mm-hmm. And and you it would, it would you would think this album is very cathartic. It seems like this is someone working through this. Yeah. And put it, you know, getting these thoughts out, getting them into lyrics and and creating music and and hopefully being able to get yourself on the path towards putting it behind you. But that just didn't happen. It just seems like things actually got worse afterwards. Which yeah, afterwards, you, know, you, you don't really think happens. Usually when someone has something like this, yeah, th- it also comes with that realization of, you know, this was this is something that's happening to me and and wow, I need to try and try and fix it. And she didn't really ever try and fix it. Anything she if only did she was halfhearted. If the she best. had
1: had the support system and yeah, the opportunity, the that was the key. To, she had to no do one what to she say no, saying no to her, like stop, you know, right? Or to or no, or or to, or have that people backing her and saying because when she's making the album, she wasn't drinking when she was working with Remy when in in, in Miami. She was, you know, he was he basically pointed that out. She, she didn't drink at all during those sessions. She came to the table very professional. Very, you know, ready to, hunk, work. ready to work. It's a shame that she couldn't do this. This could be a thing, and that the, and she didn't have the people to back that up yeah. to say, "No, you're she needs up, to right. work. She needs to, you know, she needs to get into the studio. This is what this is what she needs to to do to get her away from that situation." I think the fame and the success really drove her. You know, she couldn't handle it. She didn't know how to handle. She didn't know what. That's a whole and nother surrounded level surrounded of like. By, you know,
0: surrounded by enablers, basically. I mean, exactly, they you know, family exactly, didn't really yeah. do much to you know no, no you're fine. No, right. not really.
1: And, and then really. unfortunately, she is now which we didn't mention is she has become another member of the 27, 27
0: club. club. Yep
1: which Passed away uh, when she
0: was 27, and we talked about that in the the, the Nirvana. This could episode. be a, this
1: this could be an entire <laughs> episode in itself. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, yeah, we talked about it, it maybe in the Doors point. episode as well. Was, yeah. the, the, yep. the
0: 27 Club is Morrison, Hendrix, Joplin, Nirvana, mm-hmm. you know, Cobain, and her. So that's right. Uh, very very unfortunate statistic. I, I love statistics, but that's not one I really enjoy. No, talking about it's just not <laughs> it's a kind great of eerie one, but actually. It's, but it is it, yeah, it's, it's when very you think very creepy. About it. So mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that, that I think that's going to do it for for back to black not back in black but back Back to black black. so we need to we need to clarify that um (laughs) by the excellent you know amy winehouse such a tragedy but she left us with with a piece of work that will stay with you if you sit and and listen to this and you and you read the lyrics it's gonna it's it's much more powerful that way it's Mm -hmm. got this it fools you into thinking oh this is throwbacky which it is but uh, the content that she's dealing with is really the document of someone that's going through some stuff, heartbreak. And yeah, and you really feel she's she's an emotional part. I mean, you really, she's put it all out there. So we're going to highly recommend, right? This is a, a high recommend. It is. Everything's a high recommend though on this show. It is. Right? We don't just well, say listen to it about if you it want Otherwise, we <laughs> yeah. wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, just kind of listen, you know, if you feel like it, but um, <laughs> highly highly recommend this one from 2006, uh, Amy Winehouse's Back to Black. So absolutely check it out. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the 3324 podcast. Check us out on social media. We also do live shows every other week. We stream those on Facebook and YouTube. So if you want to see what we look like for some odd reason, I'm not sure, but if you want to do that, you can see our faces uh, and stream. And we have a lot of good time. We have a lot of interaction there. We give away prizes too, so you can win some stuff. That's fun as well. If you want to find us on Twitter, we're at 3324P. So for Eric... This has been Dean. We will see you on the flip side. You've been listening to the 3324 podcast with Dean Legiro and Eric Kuber. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. So please like, subscribe, and rate to become a part of the 3324 family. Your feedback is important, so make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324podcast and on Twitter
1: at 3324p to join the conversation.